Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. Uh, especially during this Advent season, I am excited that you are here with us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for choosing to spend a little bit of time with us during this season of Advent. Uh, if you're new here, to our online church uh, or new to Cassidy in general, I'm excited that you are with us. You are welcome here. And we hope that in us, you will find a a group of folks who recognize, hey, we're not perfect, uh, but we know the one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. And we want to invite you on a journey with us so that together we can grow in our relationship with one another, that together we can grow in our relationship with God, and we can be made more and more into the image of Jesus Christ. And so you're invited to to stick it out, to keep coming back, and to keep growing and being more a part of of this community of faith and more a part of God's kingdom-building activity right here, uh, right now. And so uh, with that, I am excited that you are here with us. I am excited because we have been talking about uh, this season of Advent. We've been talking about messy Christmas. The, The idea that yeah, this year it's going to be messy. And we realize that and we recognize that, you know, we don't know if we're going to be at home for Christmas. We don't know if we're going to be uh, on, on a phone call to celebrate Christmas with our, our grandkids or our kids or our, our parents or whoever it may be that normally we're together. And this year it might look a little bit different. Uh, we, we just wanted to recognize that and to kind of call it out and, and to say, you know, in that there's a little bit of hope because the truth is, uh, is that Christmas was always meant to be messy. Christmas was always meant to be messy because Jesus came into a messy world to get into our mess with us and to walk with us and help us uh, to be more like him so that we can get out of our mess because of the things that he has done, because of the life that he has lived and the way that he lives within each and every one of us. And that's that's kind of been the idea, this underlying theme for this series. We talked about uh, how we need to focus on on who God is and and receive all of the gifts that God offers to us uh, so that we can deal with the, the messiness of Christmas so that we can deal with the messiness of our families. And this week we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about unwanted gifts, uh, gifts that we receive that we really, maybe we didn't understand or we didn't want at the time. And every time I, I think about unwanted gifts, uh, my mind uh, reverts back to uh, little bitty Steve. And, and I think about uh, this, I think about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And that, that island that had the, the toys that just weren't right. Nobody wants a polka dot elephant, right? The, the toys that just weren't right that, that went to this random island and that Santa ended up rescuing through the course of Rudolph. It, it just brought joy to my heart because I know when I think about gifts that, that somebody gives uh, and that people don't receive, I know that I have given my fair share of gifts to people that weren't received uh, the way that I wanted them to. Uh, If I'm honest with myself, I've also received some gifts that I just didn't want when I got them. Maybe I didn't understand their meaning. Maybe I didn't care uh, that I got them, but, but they... They were gifts that were given to me. I, I remember one year when I was uh, in, I think I was in middle school, uh, we used to go to my grandmother's house every once in a while for Christmas and all the family would come in. I had cousins that lived in Colorado, uh, some that lived in San Antonio, Texas. We would all descend on Mima's house. 
And we would, when we were at Mima's house uh, for an event like this, like all of the boys, we would all spend the night in their den. And so it was just, I, I just have such fond memories of that. Well, this one Christmas, uh, you know, Mima gets, we, we all gather around the Christmas tree on Christmas Day, and Mima ha- has us handing out gifts, and, you know, we're tearing into them. And, and, and I get to Mima and Papa's gift, and I, I, tear open the wrapper, and I open the lid, and I look inside, and, and it was a Bible. <laughs> of all the things that I really didn't care about when I was in middle school, a Bible would be top on my list. Like, I, I, I knew I needed to open the lid to show me my papa that I looked at it, you know, and it was that uh, open the lid and flip the lid around uh, on the box so that you could see that I have looked at the Bible. Oh, thank you so much for this book that I will never... I mean, that's this the thoughts that were going through my head, right? And I, I kind of pushed the Bible off to the side and went through the rest of the things that were, that were there. All of the toys, all of the, the things that I wanted, the, even the clothes were better than the Bible. Uh, now, in hindsight, I, I recognize the value of that gift and the hope that was being offered in that gift, but in reality, I just didn't want it. Uh, maybe you've been there where you got something you didn't understand the value of when you received it. Here's the deal. Mima called like three months later and was like, hey, did you ever find the cash in that Bible? And I was like, uh, there was cash in the Bible? And she said, yeah, go look for it. I had gotten rid of the. I don't know if I threw it away or what I did with it, but the Bible was not anywhere that I could find it. And you can believe that I was distraught. I was distraught because I had robbed myself of some straight up cash that I could have spent on things that I did want, and all I got was a Bible. And, and, and then I, my guess is I threw it away. My guess is that it went with, with the paper that I, I wasn't careful when I was grabbing things because I didn't care about it because it wasn't one of the things that made the cut in my mind. It wasn't anything that I gave value to. Uh, and, and so in the end, I lost value in two things. One, I never got the Bible that, that uh, you know, had my name on it and gold lettering and all of that. And two, I never got the cash that was in the Bible. You can bet from then on, if I got a Bible from me, Mom, Papa, brrr, I'm opening that thing up and I'm shaking it out, trying to find out if there was any cash in the Bible. Because they, they would give me one of those every couple of years because they wanted for me a life rich in Jesus Christ more than anything else. And, and, and I, I get that now, but then I just didn't appreciate it. And the, the reason that this is a problem is because the value of a gift comes from both the giver and the receiver. The value of a gift comes from both the person that gives it, the, the intent, the hope, the, the work that they put into it, and the person that receives it. If they don't want it or if they don't see the value, it can be something that, that is of infinite value, but it doesn't look like there's any, any value to it. I, I, we, we know this innately. As parents, if you've had kids, you have some pretty valuable things that nobody else would care about. For me, I've got some magnets that my children drew me that I can stick on the refrigerator. And, and for years, they held up uh, artwork or pictures or things that my, my son or my daughter did at school. I've got a plate 
that, that's, you know, it's one of those plates that they drew and uh, the picture on, and then they put the stuff on it, you know, and it's, here's your plastic plate. And man, that thing is a treasure to me because the artwork is made out of stick figures, but it's our house. It's our family. And, and, and I've got a, a <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I know it's supposed to be like a tea set, but the cup is like this big. Savannah made a ceramic tea set with a lid, and uh, it doesn't work at all, uh, but it is underneath my sink. And Alex made a coaster out of ceramic that, that is still what I set soap on in the kitchen. Uh, these are things that have no real value in the world, but to me, they, they are of infinite value because they were given to me by people that I cherish, by people that I love. And so the, the idea of gifts can be difficult when we think about it because a lot of times people cannot take, you know, not understand, not receive the gift in, in the vein that it was intended. And sometimes we overinflate the value of, of the gifts that we receive because of the people that give them. And I think, I think it's important for us to recognize this because when we look at Scripture, when we look at the Bible, we are reading about a bunch of people that didn't know the full impact of the gift that God had in mind for them. When we read about Abraham in the, in the very uh, oldest parts of the Old Testament, Abraham is called by God to leave one land and go to a land flowing with milk and honey that will be your land. And, and Abraham goes and does it. He doesn't have any idea at that point in time who Jesus is, or what Jesus' plan is, or what God is doing through him, or that he truly will impact the world by his obedience. Then there was a guy named Moses. We remember Moses. He went up on the mountain, got the Ten Commandments. He, he led the, the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. He didn't understand the fullness of of the gift that God was giving them. He was concentrating on, on the promised land, on conquering the promise, getting his people through the, the, the time that he had them, getting them to the promised land. And, and so he didn't have a full understanding of the gift that God had in mind for his people. King David, who unified Israel and, and moved them into Jerusalem and, and set up the, the foundations prepared his son for the ability to build the temple to God. He knew God maybe more intimately than most, um, but he did not have an understanding of the fullness of who Jesus was or what Jesus' mission was going to be, what God was really doing. We call this in the church progressive revelation, that God revealed more and more of himself as time went on. But we look at it in hindsight and we see the fullness of the story. We don't recognize that, that it wasn't always like that, that, that Moses had doubts and questions, that, that Abraham didn't know for sure that he was doing the right thing, that, that David was concerned that his sin had prevented him from a right relationship with God. We have done so much. When we, when we think about the gifts that God gives to us, we, we think about all of the things that he has done, and, and we have that, that hindsight. We, we have that, that ability to see the entirety of Scripture, but we forget that people lived through that. And, and it's evident because when Jesus was a man and teaching in the temple, the, the 
Pharisees and the Sadducees came and they were questioning him. And, and he was calling on Abraham as a witness to him. In John 8, it says this, your father Abraham rejoiced at the thought of seeing my day. He saw it and was glad. Your father Abraham rejoiced at the possibility when he started to understand the vision and the, the, the idea, the hope that God had for creation, the hope of restoration that God had in mind. After he had been in the presence of the Father, he saw that day and was glad because he was hopeful in what God was going to do and what God would continue to do. It's, it's like the, the idea of, of that Bible, that, that you receive a gift, but you don't know how much stuff is, is in there. You don't know what all is, is going on in the gift, but you receive it just the same. Have you ever seen uh, the Antique Road Show? Uh, this, uh, like, I used to love watching this show because you look at these ugly things that people bring in that they bought at a garage sale or, or they bought at, uh, you know, maybe they inherited it from their family. And it's just this little thing that you're just like, oh, that's, that's pretty ugly looking. Uh, and then the guy comes out or the girl comes out and it's like, well, this is made by such and such and so and so. It's about $50,000 worth of, and you know, it just always boggles my mind. And I know that, that for every one you see on like Antique Roadshow, there's like a million more that are worth nothing. Uh, but it just boggles my mind that they had no idea the value of the item that they have. And, and I think for us, we have no true idea, no true understanding of the gift that God has in mind for us. The gifts that we receive from our Father in heaven each and every day, the gift that we have received in Jesus Christ, and the hope that we have in living life out on His behalf, in His love and in His grace. Today, our story uh, our Advent story comes from the story of Mary's pregnancy. When Mary was, was told that she was going to have a kid. Now, far too frequently, we read through this and we're like, oh yeah, Mary, no problem. She was just like, yeah, let's do this. It's great. I'm so excited. But if we listen to it, we hear some hesitation. We hear some concern. And so I want to read through this today and, and, and let it sink in that, that the understanding, the hindsight that we have was not what Mary had. She was concerned with what was going on and how it was going to happen and didn't really understand what God was inviting her into. It says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, I, I love the, those, those moments when, when you read in scripture, because in my mind, uh, maybe you're like me, I, I would love to have a moment where I met an angel, like an angel shows up and, and talks to me because I, in my head, it's, it's all copacetic. I, I understand what's happening. And the reality is never quite like 
the imagination that I have. The, the reality, when we read it in Scripture, what we're reading is people are terrified. People are, are not comfortable with the interaction with angels, that when they know it's an angel, that it's a supernatural being, they're not all, all warm and fluffy and feeling fine. They're, they're nervous and concerned and afraid. And it says this, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. What, what, why would the angel show up to her? Why would the angel greet her in such a way? And the angel responds in the same way every angel responds. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The, the angel comes to Mary and says, hey, God has, has seen you and God has chosen you to be the mother of Jesus. And, and Mary, we know that she doesn't understand all that she's being asked to do. She doesn't get it because her first question isn't, what does this mean for my life from here on? The, 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 the question that she asks is this, how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. She wants to know because she knows she can't have a child because she hasn't been with anybody. She wants to know exactly how the process is going to work, not what it means in the long run. You say you're going to do this. What, what do you mean by that? What is that going to look like? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. I love this scene because when we hear what the angel is saying to Mary, when we really listen, can we also hear the concern, the hesitation, the wonder, the fear, the awe, all of that rolled into one when we hear her response. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant isn't like a hoorah moment. I don't know if you're catching that. I am the Lord's servant isn't a, yes, this is so exciting. I am the Lord's servant is more of a, well, if you say so, right? I mean, if we really listen to it, we start to hear that Mary's not all, I mean, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from Mary at all. She was the mother of Jesus and God chose her for a role that I can't even imagine. What I'm trying to say is that Mary was human and that Mary had some concerns and some fears and some anxiety over the opportunity to be the mother of Jesus. And quite frankly, it sounds like she's saying, if you say so, uh, what, whatever you say, if it's God's will, then who am I to argue with God? Not somebody that's all the way on board, somebody that we hear and, and we say, oh, she totally gets it and she is all in. It's maybe a present that she 
is hesitating on, that she is nervous about, that she's not sure she should accept, but she thinks she has no choice. And if we think about it like that, then what we start to see is we start to see that she, like everybody else, doesn't fully understand the the gift that God is giving to her, the hope that the world receives through her statement of yes. And so what, what I want us to recognize during this season of Advent, during this time where we have come together to prepare our hearts for the gift of the Christ child, is to know that sometimes we need to actually open up. Sometimes we need to receive a gift before we understand what that gift fully means, what that gift will fully lead to, how our lives will change from it. Because the truth is this, Receiving the gift of Jesus opens us up to the reality of Emmanuel. We talk about this at Christmas time, and we think about, oh, you know, God with us. Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, it, but God is always with us. So what's the difference? What's the, what's the change that we have? And, and the thought is this. When we think about Emmanuel, we're thinking God right here with us, right here, right now, that God has united us in the church, that God is present everywhere. But that was true before Jesus as well. The gift of Emmanuel is that God came into the world, into our mess to be one of us and to get messy right along with us. And that through that life, death, and resurrection, we receive the gift of life in Him. And we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, which transforms us from the inside out and makes us more and more like Him. And when we think about that, we try to rationalize the gift that God gives us. Yes, I'm forgiven for sin. Yes, I'm justified. Yes, I'm sanctified. We can say all the magic holy words we want to But the truth is, we don't really understand all of what God is doing. We don't truly understand the the breadth of the gift that God has given to us. This season, this Advent season, as we prepare for Christmas, let's prepare our hearts to be opened. Let's prepare our minds to be refreshed and renewed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's prepare our lives to serve the King of Kings because He has given the greatest gift ever to us. Regardless of how much we understand it, we can receive the gift of Jesus and allow it to bring us to life. Allow it to let us know that in the middle of our mess, in the middle of a messy world surrounded by pandemic and confusion, in the middle of a messy world of, of politics and anger, in the middle of a messy social media platform, whichever one you're on, that God is with us. That God is standing alongside us, yes, but also within us, working to make us more and more like Jesus. Let's pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for the gift of Jesus Christ. Regardless of of whether or not we understand it, we thank you for what you have done on our behalf. Father, help us to rejoice in the gift of Jesus. Help us to truly receive the gift of Jesus and to be open to Emmanuel, 
to be open to God with us, not just around us, not just watching us, but instead God present in us and living through us. Make us more and more like Jesus Christ in everything we do. Help us to submit our lives to you so that we can be the people that you have in mind for us, so that we can live the lives that you are calling us to, so that we can be transformed, and so that we can receive the gift that you have given us in fullness and in life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.